episode 155 of the Marvel Studios News Podcast. My name is Sean Gerber, joined by Paul Herman. How you doing, Paul? I'm getting over being sick. I'm just getting over being sick. I'm fine, but just it's weird being sick and trying to recoup. It's weird, but I'm headed, I'm headed the right way. I'm headed the right direction, I think. So, but yeah. Thanks for asking. I'm glad you're on the mend. We did a couple Patreon exclusive shows over the weekend or Friday night, and you were sounding a little uh, rough. But at least you know you stuck it out for our wonderful patrons and supporters Absolutely. over there, which I know they uh, they appreciate. So for this episode, or actually before I get started with the episode, make sure you're following us on our Instagram at Marvel Studios News. I'm doing a lot of things over there, doing daily MCU trivia. Some of you are doing very very well. Good job. Uh, but also, we gave I put up a post on there a week or so ago, offering an opportunity, potentially anyway, to hear some of your stories of how you became Marvel Studios fans, and maybe that ends up getting you on the podcast to discuss your story with us. So make sure you're checking out the at Marvel Studios News Instagram. But this episode is going to be a continuation of our Expanding the Universe series. Disney has not changed CEOs today, so we get to actually continue on with our schedule or get back to our schedule. So this is our Expanding the Universe episode for WandaVision, and as we often do, I'm going to recap what we know about this series so far. We know that it premieres on Disney Plus in December of 2020. Originally, it was announced for spring of 2021, but we're getting it sooner than that, December of this year. All six episodes are being directed by Matt Shackman, whose directorial credits include episodes of Succession. Game of Thrones, and many, many episodes of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. On the writing team, we know that the head writer is Jack Schaefer, who has a story credit on the screenplay for, not a screenplay credit, but a story writing credit on Black Widow. Uh, Megan McDonald is also a credited writer, and she actually became the story editor on the show, and she is now writing the Captain Marvel sequel. The cast includes Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda Maximoff, Paul Bettany as Vision, Tiana Paris as the grown-up Monica Rambeau, who was played by Akira Akbar in Captain Marvel last year. Kat Dennings is back as Darcy Lewis from the Thor franchise. Randall Park is back as Agent Jimmy Woo. He appeared in Ant-Man and the Wasp in 2018. And Katherine Hahn joins the MCU as the nosy neighbor in WandaVision. The synopsis for the series is Marvel Studios' WandaVision. Paul Bettany returns as Vision and Elizabeth Olsen as Wanda Maximoff, two superpowered beings living their ideal suburban lives who begin to, to begin to suspect that everything is not as it seems. And Jack Schaefer, the head writer on the series, had des has described it as, this is going to be something else, a series that Marvel fans have never seen before. It is half classic sitcom and half MCU spectacular. So, Paul, how do you feel about WandaVision and what we know about the series so far? And actually, we just added something that we know about the series so far. According to some photos that members of the crew have been sharing, the series has rap production, or at least they had the rap party, which doesn't always arrive at the very end of production. Sometimes the rap party is a few days earlier. Sometimes it's they have the rap party before they move to another location, where they finish at the primary filming location before they move on to other locations. So I don't know for a fact if WandaVision is 100% done with production, but they're either completely done or just about done with production on WandaVision. But Paul, how are you feeling about this series so far? We're not going to get into our main speculative points yet, but uh, mm. just how you feel about this series right now. Well, I think it's a really cool direction and something because it's so different. I'm feeling very, I'm excited to see what, with what they're going to give us because there is a lot of surprises that they could give us and we can speculate, which we'll, I'm, I'm sure we'll get into that at some point, but as far as right now, I like the fact that this is so kind of bonkers and it's a little out of left field because that's not necessarily Marvel Studios' MO as far as giving us something that's kind of very kind of a, um, how do I say this? Artistic. Quirky. It's, it's quirky, but it's artistic. It's it's definitely a little, I don't want to say artsy. That's not really the term I'm looking for, but there's, there's I like the creativeness that they're do, they're giving us with some something like WandaVision. And the fact that they're calling it WandaVision and and the the premise that they've given us and the few things we they've they've uh, given us officially, it's really interesting. And I think there's a lot to play with with this idea. And obviously, I don't know if this would be if you would condense this down to a two hour film that this would be a successful two hour film. But again, 
they're using the medium to their full advantage, not mm-hmm. to the fact that they're they're gonna you know you do a two hour story or whatever. Again, I was thinking about this today actually, Sean. Besides this with this example, but the fact that you know with a movie you have it's a specific amount of time to tell a story with TV you have you know four or five times that amount to tell a story and develop mm-hmm. things a certain way i don't think either one is worse than the other you can prefer maybe a certain medium like some people might prefer tv or some right. people, people might prefer films but what i think it's interesting is that you specifically disney plus that they are using the medium to their full advantage and and because of that we're getting something quirky and creative like wandavision that we maybe wouldn't see in something like the mcu's uh studio films and i think that's a good thing i don't think it's a bad thing that marvel has a a, not a method but an idea of what they want to put out for films and opposed to what they want to do for television and i think that's really cool if they can Mm -hmm. tell and, ha- and Kevin specifically has story ideas that, hey, we can tell this kind of story. We want to tell that story with a TV series, not with a film. And obviously, obviously with things like She-Hulk and with rights and things like that, there might be a little bit different. But in the end, it seems like they're utilizing the medium of television and serial, serial, serialized storytelling. Sorry, everyone. Um to their full advantage. And I think that is really cool. They're not just saying, let's just, you know, extend this two hour film and make it into a television series and put a bunch of filler in in there. As of right now, it really does seem like they're going to utilize that idea. So as far as using this uh, serialized idea of storytelling, building off uh, an hour episode and really developing Scarlet Witch and what she does um, and what and what her mindset is. And I think there's really exciting things in that. And I think that, again, I'm really into supporting and, and telling the people that who make this stuff, if it's good and you want to see more things like it, tell them, talk about it, spread the word, make a social media post about it, because we all want to have creative and different things in the MCU or whatever, you know, property or franchise you're into. And hopefully it's good because if it is, they, and we all say we all love it, They'll do more quirky, weird, creative things like WandaVision. So I think, this is, to be honest, um, I, I may not be the most excited about this series because I obviously I'm more excited for Winter Soldier and Falcon um, because I just love those characters a little bit more than Wanda and Vision themselves. But that being said, I think this is an important series because for that very reason of being being different and doing something more creative and thinking outside the box than the normal superhero stuff that we get from the traditional things like in CW, no offense to those shows, but things like even Winter Soldier and uh, Falcon. So I'm really excited to see where this will take us. Yeah, I'm very excited about it. I love that this is a completely new format, not just in terms of having a series, because we're going to have a series before this with the Falcon and the Winter Soldier, but just the style of this. And even though I certainly don't subscribe to the idea that all Marvel movies are the same or it's all one formula and, and all of that, I don't subscribe to any of those things. But we've never seen anything like this at all. I mean, this is so different from anything else. I mean, it, and it's so, so unique. I mean, I, again, every Marvel movie and every Marvel story is, is unique in its own way. But this is a complete break in format because we're not, we're not talking about a movie. And also in terms of a series, this is not going to be a straight dramatic series like the Falcon and the Winter Soldier and uh, like the Falcon and Winter Soldier is going to be and presumably a lot of these other Marvel Studios series are going to be. We've never seen anything that applies the format of a multicam sitcom within a dramatic single cam narrative. Like we've never seen anything like that. I can't really think of anything that totally comes to mind in quite that way uh, for anything across the board, not just within Marvel. So it is a very brand it is a brand new type of storytelling format and I'm very excited about that. I don't really have as I like to say a, a most anticipated Marvel Studios movie or series because I am totally amped up for every single one of them, but for the in the most intriguing category, I've got this one on the Disney Plus front and then Eternals over on the movie side. I, I just can't wait to see what this series is because as soon as I heard them describing it and Elizabeth Olsen actually credited Kevin Feige for this being his idea. The just hearing that that notion of something that's half sitcom, half MCU epic. What does that even mean? And uh, but I love that I don't know exactly what that means. I don't. I love that I don't know exactly 
how to piece that together, what exactly that's going to look like when we finally see it. I mean, we got a glimpse of it during the big game spot, but there's still so much about this series that we don't know, but I'm completely fascinated by it. And I love that Marvel Studios is taking, you know, continuing to take risks in their storytelling. And this is certainly, you know, creatively, it's a risk, but I think so far it looks like it's going to pay off. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm not really worried about, you know, Marvel fans or anybody else em- embracing this series. Certainly not the audience that's listening to this podcast. I know we're mostly preaching to the choir when we do this show, but I expect that people really are going to like it. And I see a lot of people very excited about WandaVision. And I think it's because it is such a brand new concept and such a brand new format and structure that people just have a really high level of curiosity about the series. So then it really just boils down to the execution. Can they make this work in a way that is funny in the sitcom portion, but then also dramatic and emotionally satisfying? Can it resonate with us as an audience? And I think it would have I think it should have the power to do that. Marvel Studios is pretty good at that in the stories they tell. So there's just so many different elements being brought into this and so many different questions about what exactly are we seeing and what is the cause of this? Like what allows this story to have this sitcom format and actually be part of the narrative, uh, be part of the, you know, the larger narrative that's in play within this series as well as within the broader MCU. Those are all really fascinating questions to tackle. But before we start speculating and start trying to give out some of our answers to those questions, let's go ahead and send out some thank yous. So thank you very much to Jackie Mason, Ryan Murphy, Kit Fisto, Jamie Lentz, Guitar Dude 423, Zach Hubbard, and Spencer Borup. They are some of the patrons over at patreon.com slash Marvel Studios News who support this show and get exclusive content that is not available anywhere else. That includes Patreon credit scenes where this week, we generally when we do a main ep- an episode of the main podcast that you're hearing now, we discuss an additional topic or an extension of the main topic, and that's called our Patreon credit scene. We, that's an exclusive to our Patreon, just a dollar a month to have access to those as well as some MCU Q&A shows. For this week's show, our Patreon credit scene is going to be about Mark Ruffalo saying at C2E2 that he has had preliminary talks to play a part in the She-Hulk Disney Plus series. So we're going to be talking about that, and uh, we have all other kinds of exclusive audio a Monday through Friday news show. We also have a Patreon-exclusive Discord community where we have really cool and fun events like watch parties. We just recorded, or we just had one on March 1st for Captain America the Winter, Sol- uh, Winter Soldier. We're doing another one this week, if you heard this podcast early enough, on Wednesday, March 4th, to celebrate the arrival of Black Panther on Disney+. Plus. We are doing a watch party for that film. That's, again, Wednesday, March 4th at 6 p.m. Pacific time, exclusively on our Patreon Discord. Uh, but also, if you do sign up for our Patreon and you get exclusive audio, you get your own private RSS link that you can use in, an, in a podcatcher like Apple Podcasts. You subscribe via RSS. That allows you to get all of the audio, the Patreon exclusives, and the main show. It's all in one feed. You don't have to track it down in multiple places. So for more information on all that we have to offer, please visit patreon.com slash Marvel Studios News. So as we start to speculate about WandaVision, Paul, Let's start with Wanda herself, and let's talk about something that Elizabeth Olsen said at Comic-Con, and I know she said it because I was there. She said, quote, we're going to have a lot of fun. It's going to get weird. We're going to go deep. We're going to have lots of surprises, and we're going to finally understand Wanda Maximoff as the Scarlet Witch. Uh, Kevin Feige also said something uh, uh, about this at uh, CCXP in Brazil back in December, He said, and most importantly, we're going to reveal a name that I'm not even sure we've said in the MCU yet, but we absolutely make a big deal of in the show, which is that Wanda is, in fact, the Scarlet Witch. And what does that mean that she is the Scarlet Witch? So, Paul, your guess as to what it means that Wanda Mm. Maximoff in the MCU, we know, of course, what it means in the comic books, which is her powers are whatever a writer needs them to be. But (laughs) in the MCU, what does it mean that Wanda Maximoff is the Scarlet Witch? Well, first of all, I think I go to my go-to, which you probably already know, which is costume. I feel yeah. that I feel that she's actually actually going to get some kind of uniform that makes her the Scarlet Witch, and we get a little bit of a tease of that in the trailer. And and with that costume, I think comes and we and again we talked about this with again with Falcon and Winter Soldier. I actually said the title right this time, um, but uh, I know there's probably people out there going, you said it wrong twice. It's like, I get it. Um, but that being said, I think this kind of goes in line with her becoming more comfortable with who she is 
and getting that costume and becoming that Scarlet Witch persona, the superhero, basically. I think being, because if you look at the previous films, she hasn't, she's not comfortable with herself. And you get that throughout the entire phase, you know, phases or infinity saga, if you will, because they hint at that she was, you know, a lab rat, which I hope they retcon at some point, um, because obviously I, I want her to be a mutant and born with those powers. Anyway, um, that being said, either way, she's not comfortable with who she is necessarily. At least I, I don't think so. And it gives the impression that she's just, you know, that whole with, with, with Pietro, uh, you know, dying and even that moment with Hawkeye, which is a great moment in Age of Ultron, probably one of the mm-hmm. better moments in the film. She doesn't even feel comfortable and, and necessarily at peace with uh, what's going on, defending this uh, rope against robots and, and all this stuff. And and she's kind of in over her head a little bit as far as in, in her mind. And she obviously when she when she gets comfortable, she becomes more powerful and becomes like, you know, a game changer. What's interesting is that who does she connect with on the team? She connects with an android. And I think there's and again, that that's from the canon. And I, and I think there's something to that. I think that there is a disconnect with Wanda in some ways with her humanity or with who she is as a person. And I'm not sure if those powers are a part of it. And so when I think of she becomes a Scarlet Witch, maybe this is their way of of, of, of going into that idea, the psyche of the Scarlet Witch and her, her power levels and how insane they can be. But also, maybe that this is going to be her accepting who she is and becoming that that code name of Scarlet Witch and getting a costume at some point with that head, that awesome headband. Even if it's a Halloween costume, by the way, it still looks phenomenal. Um, so or in the in the show context. But with that being said, I really do feel that this is when I hear that they're going to call her the Scarlet Witch. This could be wanda finally becoming comfortable with who she is in her own skin and maybe branching out of who she is as a person and we get that different side of wanda and maybe she changes she's not just kind of this apprehensive person because look at even civil war in the beginning she's just kind of like you know what i mean she just she doesn't seem comfortable and she's actually she's actually somewhat comfortable in civil war i think that was an important point for her in her journey because in age of ultron there's the the bitterness, the anger that her and, and Pietro both uh, both feel, and, and they have perfectly good reasons for it, and they explain exactly why they feel the way that they do and ha- why they feel that way in particular about Tony Stark and, by extension, the Avengers. But then, you know, of course, she makes the decision to join the Avengers at the end of that film. And what's kind of interesting is you go back to Civil War in the beginning of that film in Lagos, and she's actually being trained by the by the rest of the Avengers at that point. And she's talking about how you guys know I can move things with my mind, right? And then it's like Natasha and everybody else pointing out the things that she's not seeing. And, you know, that she's not seeing the whole pictures, though. Just because she has these tremendous powers, it doesn't mean that she doesn't have to be fully aware of everything that's around her. And then, of course, there's this horrible accident where in trying to save Steve and everybody else who's around Steve is... Brock Rumlow tries to blow himself up and take Steve Rogers and everybody else in that market with him. She, of course, contains that explosion and gets him out of the way, but only to a point. And then the explosion lets out and then several people are killed, including many Wakandans. And so I think for in that moment for Natasha or not for Natasha, for Wanda, I think there was there was a little bit of confidence that had been building. And then that was completely shattered by what happened. And then the world's reaction to her, you know, thinking, of course, that she is, even though she was really just trying to save as many people. And if she doesn't contain that explosion, even temporarily, temporarily from Brock Rumlow, the same amount of people, if not more, die right there in that market. So a lot of people are going to die no matter what. But she wasn't able to save everybody while trying to contain the explosion. But she she feels, understandably, a tremendous amount of responsibility for that. Certainly, the world pins a lot of that responsibility on her. And I think that's actually kind of why we see that bond between her and Vision is there's the moment where Vision saves her at the end of Age of Ultron and they lock eyes and you kind of get it. But I think a lot of that was us filling in the blanks, I think, as comic book fans who know the history of that relationship. But I think in Civil War, where you see that bond in a much more real way, and it's not just about Wanda being saved, 
I think what Vision understands about Wanda and what Wanda sees in Vision is they both know what it's like to be feared. They both know what it's like to be more powerful than they realize and to not understand the true, not understand the full nature of their powers. You know, that's why Vision talks to her about how he doesn't even understand the full nature of his power with the Mind Stone that's sitting there right, th- you know, sitting right there on his forehead. But they both understand fear. I mean, the, even from the Avengers, the initial reaction to Vision was fear because they thought, here's just a more powerful version of Ultron that we have to deal with. And I would imagine, even though it's not, maybe it's not as explicit in the MCU as it could have been, but I would imagine there are still a lot of people who are fearful in the MCU, just regular people, not Avengers or military or anybody else, just average citizens who probably do have some fear about Vision because of what happened with Ultron. And then certainly a lot of people are afraid of Wanda because she's so powerful and to the outside world, it certainly doesn't seem like she is in full control of those powers. And she's not in full control of those powers just yet. So I think there's a lot in those characters that that brought them together and allowed them to bond through, you know, a mutual experience that was very similar to one another. And I think they get each other on a level that a lot of other people don't, because a lot of people don't take the time to try and get them because they fear them. But that's part of Wanda's journey in Civil War is to get over the idea of people fearing her and, and you know, and, and really just worrying about what she believes is, uh, is the right thing to do. But that, of course, becomes more and more complicated and, and a much more tortured process for her to figure it out as part of the right thing to do or that's asked of her in, in Infinity War is to kill the person because Vision is, obvi- is a person to her and is a person just in general, uh, you know, having to kill him in, uh, in Infinity War. And then, you know, that's why when she's, we see her again in Endgame, you know, you took everything from me for Thanos. But that just makes me think of, you know, transitioning into her powers. Her powers have been so different over the course of the MCU. I mean, in Age of Ultron, we really saw the mental manipulation stuff. We haven't really seen it since. It's been more about her, you know, her telekinesis and other powers. Like that's really been more of the focus in Civil mm-hmm. War, Infinity War, and Endgame. So we've kind of touched on, which is the way the comics have always been. That's why yeah. I kind of joked about it with Scarlet Witch. Is her powers kind of vary from story to story, and I, I think we've kind of seen that a little bit in the MCU. Though it's been more consistent with the whole telekinesis angle. Agreed. In yeah. The last few appearances. But that's why I think in terms of us understanding the Scarlet Witch, I don't think it's just about, I, I do think a costume is part of it, not the Halloween costume, but I do think she'll get a more, you know, regular superhero Scarlet Witch costume, although mm-hmm. the Halloween costume looks cool. Yes. Um, we'll get that. But I also think in terms of the powers, I think we are going to get into more of the man- the mental manipulation stuff, the more, uh, you know, the more magical aspects. The um, hexes. Wanda's, Wanda's yeah. power set. Yeah. The hex powers, all that. I think all of that is going to play a part in it. Hell, all of that may be, and I don't want to get into that yet. We're going to get to it, but <laughs> yeah. the, her powers could be a, a huge part of what's creating this sitcom reality, but I don't want to go there just yet. But I do think, you know, the the variation in powers is going to be yeah. a huge part of, you know, making uh, Wanda Maximoff into the Scarlet Witch or really emphasizing that aspect yeah. of her as a character. Well, I, and I wonder too that if, if the show is about, is not just about the fact that, you know, there's a regular sitcom, whatever, but it's also going to be almost explaining what scarlet witch is going to be like going forward in other mcu films like like, and not just like from a power level so meaning like okay we know the telekinesis idea and almost embracing that idea sean of hey we know and accept the fact that she looks like how maria hill says she's weird you know they don't Mm -hmm. really know exactly who you know what's going on this maybe will establish everything about her going forward and and we'll all understand on a level of okay this is Wanda's power level this is what she's capable of this is what she you know is this is what she can do it's almost like they're setting up the idea for their crossing the streams if you will it's like Wanda you can't do that and then you establish that uh, excuse me you establish that in the series but then you call upon that eventually maybe in the Doctor Strange movie that's going to come out that that leads into it so or or something like that going forward you I think this this is where it's really fascinating and I but again I think it all comes back to Wanda becoming more of who she is and mm-hmm. or accepting of who she is by under because she, she understands where she comes from and her past because obviously I think they're going to dive into those things because that's what makes her so interesting and we don't really know exactly what her past is like so once she becomes more comfortable maybe all those powers do come or come around with it so I feel the show is going to be 
on so many different levels of pushing the the narrative forward for I think the Avengers and continuity. But I think Wanda as a person, as you know, accepting who she is, and with that, all the powers that come from that, and what the, how empowering that is when she realizes who and what she is, she then can fully embrace. And again, that's great. That's a great I think message for anyone, right? And I think that's that's what it feels like they're going to be giving us in a very weird, uh, quirky way, as you said, Sean. So I think there's a there's so much potential here, and again, th- we could run rampant with so many different ideas for speculating. But as far as a show. There's lots of what with what they're giving us. There's a lot they can do just from a storytelling standpoint of, again, without speculating, just what they can do with a character um, going forward with it. So it's really it's a fascinating series. It really is. I, to me, it's not the one I'm looking forward to, but I think it's the definitely the most fascinating of all of them, without a doubt. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it is. Certainly the one I'm the most curious about because I am really intrigued by figuring out how all of this is going to come together. And you know, we might as well get into the sitcom stuff because I want to I wanna talk about Vision in this series, but I feel like I can't do that properly unless I'm acknowledging the thoughts we have about this whole sitcom situation. And we see different pieces of it. I mean, we don't just see a sitcom. I mean, we see a bunch of them in the big game spot. We see black and white, like 1950s Dick Van Dyke. We see 70s. We see a set that looks like the Brady Bunch living room. We see Wanda being pregnant. We see something that's a little more 80s or 90s with Vision wearing, you know, a Tom King Vision run uh, plaid shirt. Uh, and we see like in, invisible babies with pa- with like pacifiers. I mean, we see a lot of different things going on in this. And something I, I want to bring up again, and I know I said it a couple episodes ago, but just in case you didn't hear it, I just want to reiterate the point. I mean, in terms of Wanda as a character, I still lean toward her being the source of the sitcom reality, which is why I'm not 100% sure that Vision is really and truly back in a way where he's going to be back full time in the MCU. When I if Wanda is the source of these sitcoms, you know why why are sitcoms even a part of this? And I think that whether Wanda is the will the willing source of these realities or it's something that is being forced upon her or something that, you know, subconsciously is being triggered within her, I think the reason why it still plays on a desire that's within her in the first place, and it's a, de- a desire for what she perceives as an ideal family life, what she perceives as safety, as normal. And when I look at, when I picture Wanda Maximoff and her brother Pietro in Sokovia, which Zemo tells us was in Civil War, he tells us it was a failed state long before the Avengers or Ultron ever showed up. Sokovia was not a safe place to grow up in, and but that's where Wanda Maximoff and Pietro lived. And so I can just imagine in their apartment, in that building, as they're growing up, they're watching reruns of all these different American sitcoms. And so this becomes Wanda's idea because when she looks anywhere out to the left or right of that television, looks out the window or whatever, she sees this war-torn country and all she sees is chaos and danger and everybody so tense because they're worried about all the chaos and the danger and what could go wrong on any given day that could result in somebody being injured or killed. She's, that's her life and the escape from that life are these sitcoms that she's watching on this television inside the apartment. And I don't know, this might just turn out to be my own fan fiction, but this is kind of where I see mentally and emotionally where this could come from for Wanda this being the idea, because that does happen, by the way, for kids who watch shows who don't, who maybe don't live in the greatest environment, and they start to idealize what they see in television. And so I could see that informing her idea of what this normal life has been. And it's something that she never had with Vision, even when Vision was around. I mean, they had to steal the moments that they could over the course of those couple of years that they refer to between Civil War and Infinity War. But then it goes right back to a lot of the dangerous circumstances that they're all in, that they're dealing with, all the way up into the point that Wanda has to kill Vision. And even though Thanos undid uh, her shattering the Mind Stone, he didn't undo her memory of the fact that she killed the person that she loved. So that's still there, and that's why she's saying, "You took everything from me." It's not just because Thanos killed Vision; it's because Thanos forced her to kill Vision uh, before Thanos rewound the clock and did it himself. All of those things are informing that so now uh, above and maybe vision still isn't back so the one thing that she wants to retreat into or maybe 
somebody is forcing her to retreat into something to get something out of her. Uh, but she is in this environment and, and creating these realities. And I do think this is a product of her powers, whether it's because she's choosing to do it or somebody is triggering it within her. I do think all of this is something that she's shaping based on an idealized vision, no pun intended, of what the ideal family life would have been for her and vision the person that she loves. One way or another, she's the source of it. I do think it's going to be emotionally grounded in who Wanda Maximoff is, where she grew up, and the circumstances in which she grew up, and what she saw while she was there. Yeah, I, I, I'm really, 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 gosh, I, it's hard for me to talk a lot about this without speculating and giving my knowledge of the character and where they could go with it, because there's a lot of history you could play on you this can speculate that's what we're doing now so you can okay i i, I, I want to make sure i just did okay i, I just want to make sure i just you know You're good. so so basically i think there's there's a number of different ways and um the and it gets weird and marvel has made it way more complicated the, the comics have mind you the comics have made this really crazy and i just want to make sure people understand that and and i don't i i grew up knowing and and as you probably did as well sean that wanda and quicksilver were scarlet witch and quicksilver quicksilver excuse me were both uh children of magneto and this was and now this was a retcon and i I guess i found out this was a retcon as well apparently like this they they originally weren't and they turned him into it like he just never told them is weird but regardless is that they are his they were his children and they were like that for 30 40 plus years and the they recently changed that because of the whole marvel and fox deal and all that jazz okay so you know back in access days which is a a crossover or or event in marvel that i didn't bother to read because marvel started going to the well too many times um they retconned this and made and made them not mutants and right. this was now retconned by the High Evolutionary, and that's a name that we we might be seeing at some point in the future as well. Yep. Now, I don't think any of that's going to happen in this series, but what what I'm trying to explain is that they've kind of gone all, all over the place explaining this, and I think that with someone like Wanda and her power level, and with what you could do with this character you can kind of do whatever you want with this. And I think what, what they could easily do is play on the fact that with her hex powers and her mind or her uh, alternate reality or reality shaping powers with her hex powers, whatever, uh, you could really do a lot of different things. And one name that I'm not sure if it's been confirmed or not, Sean, is uh, the uh, Agatha character. Um that Agatha is, Harkness. Yes. Uh she is someone that may could show up potentially potentially. I don't know. And Maybe- she is for those for those who don't know, Agatha Harkness is in, in many ways she's a mentor figure for yes. Wanda Maximoff in the arts of witchcraft and hex powers and, and all of those kinds of things. That's somebody who Wanda Maximoff is is very, very close to. Mm-hmm. Um and she also knows a lot more than Wanda. And so yeah, you're right. I mean, we don't know if she's in this or not, besides the obvious speculation of this is a character who's important to Wanda in the comics, so she could v- quite easily end up uh, having a role in this if, if Marvel wants to draw Marvel Studios wants to draw that connection to uh, the source material. And I wouldn't totally mind that because I kind of would I wouldn't mind the idea of somebody else being able to mm-hmm. uh, let Wanda know a little bit more about the extent of her powers because Wanda Wanda doesn't know that herself. I mean, she could figure it out herself, but maybe right. somebody else could give her additional info. Well, and what I'm thinking is is what if she like, uh, Agatha maybe helped her forget what was going on to protect her. So like maybe she grew up with oh like someone she already knew in Sokovia exactly and so Agatha was like training her and in her you know Pietro and she knew that if you know things were getting kind of you know insane there for whatever reason like say they were already mutants let's say let's let's kind of go that route let's say and she tells uh, Wanda you have to forget this you have to not know you and your brother are like this because you know. I have to do something to, to protect you because if I don't, he could come after you. He being Magneto, or let's say people of Sokovia could come after you and, and abuse your power and, and with pitchforks or whatever. So, and that because of that, 
um, <clears throat> because of that, I'm going to protect you and uh, I'm going to hide them from you. And she uses her powers to hide their mutant powers or whatever. They forget mentally. And she just says that, you know, this is going to be hard for me to do or whatever. And then, you know, they get discovered by the, you know, the, 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 whatever you call it, the gem or whatever, infinity, whatever reality gem, whatever it is. And they get, uh, you know, whatever. What I, my point is you could easily go back and do something like that. And it would make sense and you can bring Agatha in, and then all of a sudden Wanda could start remembering all these things that she was doing back in the day as a little girl with Agatha, and then you could add a another layer to her. And I think, and again, she could also be doing that to protect not only themselves from other people, but from Wanda herself. And that could bring in that whole idea that, you know, Wanda, I was trying to protect you from doing something like this. Like, you, you could basically, WandaVision could be her power is going out of control and then Agatha have to, having to basically come in and say, I have to protect you. Or maybe that's in the multiverse of madness and Dr. Strange that Agatha then comes into that movie because she's, you know, they reveal it there. So there's a lot you could do again with this. And I think that you could open the door in my opinion. I don't, it's not a slam dunk, but now they have the rights to mutants and everything. I think it very well could go down that route. Um, with that, with the idea with Agatha, you know, because that's what she did in the comics. She grew up with uh, with Agatha and she was a that mentor figure and she taught her everything of dark arts. And and what's and what I always thought was really interesting about Scarlet Witch in the comic books is that she's a mutant, but she's also tied to the mystic arts like Doctor Strange. But she didn't she didn't learn it um, from, you know, learning like he did. She inherited it from, you know, as a mutant. And because of that, it's a little unnatural. And that's where the kind of craziness kind of comes from as far as her not being able to stabilize her, her powers all the time. And so I like that idea that she didn't earn it necessarily, Is that if that makes sense, because she inherited those powers. And because of that, there is that unsteadiness and that she has to, you know, she's a little bit unpredictable because of that. Dr. Strange mentions that in Bendis's run um, at some point because, you know, for that very reason, I believe. I forgot what at what point he, say, he says that, but Dr. Strange makes that point and says, you know, you, 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 you didn't learn the, you didn't learn these powers naturally. You inherited them and you, you got them. And so because of that, they work a lot differently on you, even though they're, they're very much the same thing as us. So she always depended on Dr. Strange. That's why in those comics we read for the Patreon episode that she goes to him about the baby and things like that, because she he understands her on a level that a lot of people don't. Um, and obviously because he's a doctor or whatever. But either way, there is that they do have a connection. And that's why I thought it was really cool that Wanda will play a part into the multiverse of madness. So I think there's a lot to play on and you can do a lot with that. Um, again, adding those extra layers of the character. So I think the mutant thing is a possibility. But I think the Agatha the Agatha thing is definitely something that we could they could definitely use, if not in WandaVision, then in the multiverse of madness. So I would like to see them play on the fact that though that we were meant to think that um the uh Strucker character created them through the, the Infinity Gem or whatever, but actually this is already established before that. And that th this goes even deeper than what we all thought, which makes a lot more dramatic sense, in my opinion, and something that I'm really hoping that actually happens. I mean, I don't really need that change. I mean, if they do something like that, fine. But I don't think they need to use this series to retcon Wanda and Pietro to getting their powers by being mutants. It doesn't really... I mean, unless WandaVision is going to be the key to introducing the concept of mutants in the MCU, which I suppose it could be, but a lot of this show was being developed before the Disney Fox deal closed. So that's a lot of central elements to the plot that are being banked, that are being developed before they know for sure. And Kevin Feige was insisting that they weren't working on that stuff until the deal was closed. So I, I still, I don't know if I feel like all of that stuff is quite as likely to happen, but it could, I'm not dismissing it, but even so Agatha Harkness, I think could be an interesting character to play a part in this series in some way, shape, or form. And what's interesting about Agatha Harkness is that she's one of those characters who, depending on the story, could be on the side of the heroes, but may find her also find herself being the, an antagonist against the heroes. 
So it's something that, you know, that character could be, you know, potentially a wild card, but I do like the idea of, you know, her being a character that whether she's against Wanda or on the side of, of Wanda Maximoff is somebody that that opens Wanda's eyes to more of the history of her powers. And it doesn't necessarily have to be who her father was and, and, and Wanda being a mutant, but just the idea of the very unique nature of her powers. And and you could certainly say that there's something unique about them with one, that isn't even that much of a retcon because they experimented on a lot of people with the Mind Stone. Wanda and Pietro were the two who survived. Why did they survive? So that could be something where if they wanted to, if they were able to add it in, because they did close the Fox, Disney Fox deal months before they started shooting this, so that could have been something that was uh, a later addition in the development process. But either way, I think Agatha Harkness would be a cool character to play a part in this. Um, I'm also wondering, though, with a lot of this series, I mean, just getting to Vision as a character. Part of what's so hard for me to wrap my head around Vision and speculate on what all this means is. I don't know if Vision is actually real. And the reason I don't know is if you go back to the big GameSpot footage, we only see Vision in the context of the sitcoms. And there's a very interesting moment where, you know, on a television, we see Wanda answering the phone saying Vision residence. And then all of a sudden she is like shaken from that reality. And we see Wanda wearing modern clothes and she's in color. Meanwhile, she's on a black, a set that's still in black and white. And Vision remains in black and white as if he's part of that reality uh, that she is breaking from. And so that's kind of what makes me wonder, are we actually going to see Vision back? I mean, there's been so much speculation about him being, you know, the the white Vision from the comic books when, you know, there was a time where Vision completely essentially got rebooted. And there's been the thought that, well, if Vision is remade without the Mind Stone, would that set up the idea of a completely different Vision? And that's all still possible and out there for this series. But if Vision only exists in these alternate kind of sitcom realities that that Wanda is potentially the one generating, then, I mean, maybe Vision never comes back. And maybe at the end of this, it's just Wanda moving on in, in her journey in the MCU and, and coming to terms with the fact that Vision is gone and, and not going to be returning. And then Wanda's just on her own going into, well, I mean, obviously having friends and other heroes. You know, going off into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness and whatever else may uh, may be next for that character. I I 100% think it's all Wanda. I think Wanda, in, in my speculation and my prediction, I think Wanda will be the one resurrecting Vision, 100%. But it'll be a different Vision. And that'll what the drama will be is that it won't be the same Vision she expects. And because of that, it'll be hard for her because it'd be her creation, but it's not the vision she loves. So, because in the comic books, there is a new vision and there, and it does hurt her because he's not, he's disconnected from his, his emotions or, or whatever. And that he doesn't really care about anyone from an emotional intimate level. And that really hurts Wanda. And there, again, you play off that idea that, uh, want to you know saves the man she loves, but he doesn't end up loving her back because he is a different person and her powers aren't exactly one hundred percent on the money. So there's a lot to play off of that, I think, and I and I think that that's where if you look at this level, this is where I go back to the ideas of Wanda, be, you know, really shaping her as a person and becoming you know understanding who she is as a person and what makes her tick. That to me is what the show is about, and. And so I think that that's going to be play a part in it. And I don't, I don't think vision, I think vision will play a part in that he'll come back and he'll be a new type of vision because of it, because of Wanda, but it won't be the same vision. And I think that'll be interesting. Um, so, so yeah, so I think he'll, that's a part he'll play. And then her mind that she's altering everything, it's not going to be real. And when she tried, cause we see the vision in the trailers that it looks like the vision we know. And I think that what's going to happen is that the sitcom reality that she's created, it will not be real and so, or it won't be fully formed. And when she fully forms vision in her mind, it'll won't, it won't turn out exactly the way she wants it to. And that's where I think the multiverse of madness comes into play is that she'll be drawing from different multiverses when she alters these, when she uses her like 
per, something when she changes something permanently, if that makes any sense. Because I think the one division will be all temporary, and when she does something permanent, it, that's when it will alter the reality, and you'll get you know some of those ideas of like in the Loki, the the um, what's his name? Oh my gosh, the the police guy that Walt Simonson created. Yeah, um, time variance authority. Justice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Justice Peace was that guy. Justice yeah. Peace. Yeah, yeah. So something like that. So I, I think that there's going to be ramifications of her doing this. It's almost like that, you know, uh, the monkey claw, like you get three wishes, but when you do, it's not exactly, I th- I feel it's going to be something like that essentially where she's going to draw vision back. She thinks like, Oh, I've created, I've saved the man I love and it's not going to be who she was or he was. And because of that, it's going to make those, those really powerful things that she does come with a price and because of that she won't necessarily necessarily want to alter reality because when she does it's going to suck in some way that she doesn't want to to deal with so you know this is where and again this is where we it comes back into the idea sean of where do they you know will she create kids you know that is something that is going to be played a part in the show and and when she's definitely creating them in the sitcom i think the questions are i think it's similar question to vision like yes vision is resurrected in the sitcom reality will she also resurrect him in the actual mcu prime reality will uh, and will the kids that she's creating in the sitcom reality be an actual thing i mean and I, i think it's so i guess What's so interesting to me, I mean, just with with vision and everything is it's, it's so hard to tell what's real. And maybe that's part of the whole point of this is even Wanda might have a hard time sorting out what's real, depending on how all of this is going. Because, I mean, clearly, if you go back to that moment in the big game spot where she does break from the sitcom reality, there is a look of distress on her face. Like she's been you know, removed from something that she maybe wasn't previously. She wasn't aware that it wasn't real, that it wasn't the actual thing that she got so engaged in in that she was so engaged in that reality that she had become a part of it and it became as real to her as anything else had ever been and how does she react when that goes away because i mean and that's something that the comic books didn't always navigate quite so successfully i don't think anyway you know in her reaction to finding out that her kids you know were imagined and that they weren't actually real and then they kind of sort of were comics are weird the whole issue with kids i i'm not sure i mean I know what they could do. I know that they could end up saying that, look, some of this stuff actually is real. And some of the stuff that looks like it's purely sitcom reality are, you know, subconscious manifestations of actual real things. Who knows what exactly is uh, is driving all of this? And we don't know that it's entirely Wanda, even though I believe she is the power source for these sitcom realities. Uh, going back to that point, we don't know that it's something she's choosing to do. It might be something where she's being manipulated into doing it. That's another point that's worth considering because we haven't really heard about, by the way, a central antagonist in this series. We haven't. And so just because we haven't necessarily heard about one doesn't mean there isn't one. And so an antagonist that we're not aware of could be pulling the strings on on this whole thing in ways that we don't immediately detect and we might not have a chance to detect until we actually see the series. but. Going back to the point about the about the kids, I don't know. I mean, there's you could go into Wiccan and Speed, you could go into Viv and Viz from the Tom King run, Visions, Synthesoid Children. I don't know what they're going to do as far as there being kids in this and whether or not any of that stuff sets up Young Avengers slash Champions or whatever. All of those kinds of things are on the table for WandaVision. But whether or not Marvel Studios is actually going to go in that direction, I have no idea. I don't either. And I, but I think that what it's going to do, if they don't outright just explain or they don't introduce these characters specific characters specifically in the series, which I don't think they will, they're going to, as we know, heavily hint. And I think that to me is what's really fascinating. And this is where I think the genius of the show, Sean, really is comes to life is that I don't know if there's going to be an antagonist in the show because I think it's this is where I think the quirkiness and the the half, you know, superhero half sitcom thing comes into play is that it's going to be more of a, 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 a psychological thriller, if you will. And I think that 
it's almost like Wanda's going to be her own worst enemy in the show. I, like we have uh, the nosy neighbor, right? You're going to have yeah, Catherine Hahn. Yeah, you're going to have those kinds of things maybe in the series. But it's not going to be, I think, like a superpowered being, in my opinion. I well, think it's. I mean, who's to say the nosy neighbor doesn't have a reason to be nosy? But uh, in my opinion, I'm going to go out and speculate that I don't think there's going to be an antagonist. This is where I think the show is going to be more of a character piece and it's going to be, a, or a character study, if you will. And it's going to really go in the, uh, the, the mind, mind ideas and, and, and what Wanda is going through emotionally. Um, and because of her powers, there's lots of really crazy things you can do with it. And so I think in the end, it's, there's not going to be a conflict, but you're, you want to know where is she going? How is she going to do this? Like, cause again, she's going to be altering, re, alternate, uh, changing reality around her basically. So I think the audience where they're going to be grabbed at is how is she going to change things back? Cause that's mm-hmm. where I think the fascination becomes. And this is where I, I, I said, it's she's like the protagonist and the antagonist at the same time. And I think that's where the interesting ideas come from is that that's where she kind of is the problem. A lot of time in the comics is that she very much is some, uh, sometimes a protagonist and she can be an antagonist. And I think that you don't go that way hard in the, in the, in the, the films, but you can kind of touch on that a little bit in this television series. And I think that you could do it in a really, really uh, emotional uh, character developing way and I think that's where they're going to go with. I really do feel that way. And I think that the ramifications of this series are going to be more outlasting in a character study way and also in a, a universe building way with bringing in a new vision. I think bringing in the idea of the children. I don't think the children will be created necessarily in this series particularly, but I think that it's going to open that door where they're going to come into play at some point. And that's where the interesting things happen. So again, in my closing thoughts, I, I really do think that this is where there's not going to be a true antagonist. I think it's going to be pretty much about Wanda and her alternate, you know, changing alternating reality or whatever, you know, whatever, and doing that. And that's going to be where the, the, the conflict is and where and how she changes it and, and how much has changed and what stays changed. Right. That to me is what's going to be the, the, cru- the true crux of the story. Right. Well, an an antagonist can be many different things. An antagonist isn't always a villain. So when we look at other characters like Jimmy Woo and uh, and Monica Rambeau, for example, and how they might factor into this, I mean, if they're part of, I mean, we know Jimmy Woo, last we saw he was working for the FBI. Who knows if he's still there or part of some other organization, whatever it is. And if the idea be between behind Wanda and Vision is just whether it's Wanda just creating these realities or Wanda and Vision actually are together, the idea of just wanting to be left alone and just live their normal, happy domestic life, and yet there are people who don't trust them, and and so that can be that's where somebody like Jimmy Woo, who's not a bad guy, could potentially be an antagonist. Where he's fine, he's not evil, but he is in the way of what our protagonist Wanda or protagonists Wanda and Vision are trying to achieve and want for themselves. So it could take on a different form. I certainly think Katherine Hahn is, is an actress worth keeping an eye on. I mean, I was geeking out when they introduced her in uh, at D23 Expo. I'm a big fan of Katherine Hahn. Loved her in a lot of stuff. I mean, she's great as Jennifer Barkley in Parks and Rec, but she's done a lot of great stuff. She's also a really great dramatic actress, like in a private life on uh, on Netflix. And so I do think she has more to offer than just comedy. And anytime you hear somebody described, like you have Katherine Hahn, who's as an actress, I mean, I know she's not the biggest star in the world, but she's big enough to where if you cast someone like that to just play a character that you're only calling the nosy neighbor and not giving her a name... Yeah, that makes me suspicious of who she really is. I, I think for that character, there's there's a lot to there's a lot that could potentially happen there, and she's not limited to just being. I mean, she could be the most hilarious nosy neighbor we've ever seen, but at the same time, she could be that and maybe something else, and and totally worth uh, keeping an eye on. But either way, she's going to be. I think she's going to be a great addition to this series. But yeah, as far as Wandavision goes, I mean, well, before I do. Final thoughts. I want to throw out uh, really quickly some recommended reading or reading recommendations as we do here on the Expanding the Universe series. Uh, so Paul talked about an episode of the Marvel Unlimited book club that we did on our Patreon a couple of months back. 
And I do recommend reading that series that we did for that book club. It was entitled Vision and the Scarlet Witch, and it was a 12-issue series. It's all available on Marvel Unlimited. If you look it up on Marvel Unlimited, it's Vision and the Scarlet Witch from the year 1985. Uh, Issue four of that series, the cover of that was actually shown during the Marvel Studios Expanding the Universe special on Disney+, Plus. so clearly they're letting us know about that. Also, uh, we do recommend reading Tom King's Vision Run, number one through 12 from 2015, just because that's a great series. I mean, it's some of the best Marvel comics that have ever been written, and certainly some of the best within like the last 20 years. Kevin Feige did say that that comic book series wasn't really a major point of inspiration for WandaVision. Obviously, WandaVision centers on Wanda Maximoff, and she doesn't really have a central role in that Vision series. She is a part of it, but not a central figure in it. So the influence is only going to be so much. But visually, he did say that uh, a lot of that was able to inform the series, particularly the covers. And there is uh, a point where Vision is wearing a shirt that looks very much like one of the shirts he's wearing in the sitcom realities there. One more thing, though, before we uh, wrap up, I do, we're going to go a little bit out of order because speaking of that expanding the universe special on Disney Plus, it actually reminded me uh, of something that uh, supervising producer Mary Lovano says there. She says, so much of the fun in watching the show for fans will be the unexpected discovery of where and when in the MCU this series takes place and how it all fits into that larger picture. Where it takes place Yeah, I mean, we talked about the idea of alternate realities, but the fact that she called out when this series takes place, I mean, my assumption is it's all just after Avengers Endgame, and I still think it's after Avengers Endgame. I don't think they've wedged this between Civil War and Infinity War. I don't believe that's what it is, Uh, but it was intriguing to me. I mean, is there any, when you hear them talking, when you hear uh, or hear a quote like that about the part of the mystery being, or part of the fun being discovering where and when in the MCU this is, do you have any idea when this would be beside or any any alternate thoughts on when this would be besides just after Endgame? That's a good question. I Yeah, I I think this is going to be probably not too long after Endgame. I can't think of anywhere else it would be afterwards to be honest. Um I'm trying to think of a, a specific timeline. Um I would give enough time probably within like 6 months. Not quite a year. But I think within six months where I think Wanda really is, she's still dealing with the after effects and it's still fresh in her mind and of being un uh, dusted, if you will. Mm-hmm. And, but I think it's it, basically for her trying to get her, her, her love back. That's what's going to be motivating her. And it, so it has to be, I think within a reasonable amount of time, that's why I'd say about six months. You could do a year or two, but I feel like the closer it is to Endgame, the more real the emotion is, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I mean, I don't exactly how long after Endgame, I'm not sure. but And maybe the whole where and when this takes place wasn't really meant to be any sort of code or, or clue into anything. Because the only time periods that make sense are post-Endgame and then in between Civil War, Civil War and Infinity War, because maybe it could be in when... Vision and want to talk about stealing these moments over the past two years. This could be the moments that they stole together, but I don't think it's that. I think it really is Wanda post Endgame after having lost Vision in Infinity War, and of course only coming back in Endgame, literally moments after that because she turned to dust afterwards. I mean, I know she had some additional space, you know, in between the final battle and then being at Tony Stark's funeral, but yeah, I, I think this is post Endgame. But it is very curious to see that, and maybe I mean. As far as when the series takes place, well, it doesn't all have to take place at exactly the same time. I mean, we talked about, you know, some of this maybe being set between, uh, you know, some of this being set in, you know, Wanda's childhood in Sokovia. But I do think it's going to be post Endgame because of the tie in to if for no other reason, then I think it makes the most sense dramatically. I think emotionally it would be the most powerful. And then in the overall narrative of the MCU, it's going to be a much easier transition into Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness if this is set in the present day MCU uh, post Endgame, So I think that's what's going to happen. But I can't wait to see this series. I am so excited for December of this year to actually watch this series. And I do think the the weekly episode model is going to make this, I think it's going to make all these series so much fun. But with WandaVision, I think this is going to be one that leaves us just probably throughout multiple episodes in this six episode run on multiple occasions, maybe after every episode, including the sixth one, 
we're going to be left there scratching our heads in a good way of like, what the hell did I just see? And what am I about to see next? I think this is going to be one that's going to keep us guessing uh, for for most of its run. But I think when we find out all of these questions that we've sort of speculated about, uh, done our best with over the course of this episode, uh, maybe some things we've uh, we've touched on will be a part of it. But I think there's going to be plenty of other things that would be big surprises in store for us. And I just I really can't wait to see what the series is and can't wait to see more of it whenever we get a full length trailer for some of these Disney Plus shows. Uh, But I think that's where we will go ahead and wrap up this edition of our Expanding the Universe series. Hopefully you enjoyed this conversation about WandaVision. We're going to talk about She-Hulk in our Patreon credit scene. And don't forget, we also have as part of our Patreon on our Discord, that Black Panther watch party coming up on Wednesday, March 4th at 6 p.m. Pacific time. For more information on all of that, please visit patreon.com slash Marvel Studios News and also follow along with us on Instagram at Marvel Studios News or on Twitter at Marvel Newscast. Paul, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter at Herman22 with two N's, aka Pthug. Also find me the same thing on Instagram. You can also check out my podcast, uh, The Saga Continues, and Blaster Cannon, my, my two Star Wars podcasts. Also my other podcast with our good friend Chris Cloud at the Comic Binge podcast. We're all on there. And uh, yeah, check out those uh, those shows. And you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. Sean Gerber, Sean spelled S-E-A-N. So for Paul, I'm Sean. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.